This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Welcome aboard. We're going to get started. Today is Tuesday, January, what is today? January uh, 16th, there we go, 2024. We're live with Brother Joseph Cohen and Brother John Cassandra. Brother Joseph, you want to open us in prayer? Sure. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity once again to bring truth to the world. We bind the hand of the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come against Satan, the demons, and powers of darkness. Lord, rebuke you in Jesus' name. We command you to lose all the hearts and the minds of the people tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we come against curses, hexes, jinxes, vexes, spells, witchcraft. Coming against Brother John, his family, uh, Brother Shannon, his family, and myself, my family, and anybody listening tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or anybody listening on the archives. We thank you, Father God. Your word will go forth, Father God, that somebody gets saved, some backsaw to come back. Somebody, Lord God, who needs a physical healing will be healed, Father. We thank you, we praise you, we bless you for the word of God going forth from Brother John in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. Um, Brother John Cassandra has been uh, with us before for a couple of years, and uh, we're glad to have John to come back um, and to bring forth uh, the word of God. Uh, John, uh, the mic is all yours, my brother. Well, good evening, saints, wherever you are. Uh, God's blessing to you. May he watch over you. May his face shine upon you. May the light of his countenance uh, come in and light up your heart. May the the word that may find a home in someone's heart to encourage, to uplift, and to guide 
in Jesus' name. Father, uh, forgive me of any sins, known or unknown, and uh, help me to bring forth something out of your word that uh, will help people. It's, this is uh, God in the world, my inescapable conclusion. Now, all of creation was in the very beginning a thought in the consciousness of God. It became the material world as we see it at his goodwill and pleasure. God created the earth for mankind, and he loves this world. You all know the verse, for God so loved the world. In the book of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God. Not that God had a beginning, but the beginning of our world filled with matter, time, and space. So God is at the first, or in the beginning. Later, God creates all things by his word. He says, light be, and light is. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And all things were made by him. Without him, not anything was made that was made. Ephesians tells us in 3.9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1.10, and thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. Psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 97. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Romans 1.20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Psalm 8, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have made and ordained. And then God speaks in the first person in Jeremiah 27. He says, I have made the earth and man the beasts that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it to whom it seemed good to me. Then in Jeremiah 32, it says, Our Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out, and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. You know, they turned that into a song. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. 
you've got a difficult thing going on in your life, my friend. Turn it over to God. There's nothing too difficult for him. Psalm 102 says, Of old thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hand. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you have created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You know, when I consider creation, the work with God's hand, it's beyond my comprehension. It took incredible wisdom, precise mathematics, and superpowers to create this planet and put it in just the right proximity to the sun and the rest of the planets to allow life to come forth and be maintained. In Proverbs, speaks of the wisdom of God and the wisdom that God used in creation. You know, Colossians tells us, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and he's speaking of Christ. Christ is God. Psalm 104 says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Proverbs uh, 8, speaking of wisdom, speaking, says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before or ever earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills were brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass about the face of the depths. When he established the clouds above, and when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree, that the waters should not pass his commandment. And when he appointed the fountains, the foundations of the earth. Wisdom was there, working all through that. So God created the world and everything in it, and it was very good. You know, we look at the world around us and see the fading glory of a world created to look like heaven. So what gives me that idea? You know, it says that God made man in his image and likeness. So God is in heaven, man is on earth. Humankind, man, looks like God in heaven. Hebrews talks about a representation of things on earth as an example and shadow of heavenly things. Hebrews 8.5 We serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished uh, of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee on the mounts. Well, we see that man represents heaven on earth. The temple represents heaven on earth. And if we continue to look around, we'll see that just about everything good 
represents something in heaven. All the destruction, the degradation, all we see in the in the world came from the fall with the evil one behind it, behind it all. Sickness, disease, broken homes, broken lives, all developed by pride and greed, encouraged by the enemy's foolish thoughts that he puts into our heads. When we decide to put our words uh, and actions to those ungodly thoughts, the enemy's right there to help us carry them out with gusto. We'd be better to cast out the ungodly thoughts and think on the things Paul suggested in Philippians. In Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Then let's think on the good things and act on them. And God, by his Holy Spirit, is right there to encourage us and help us accomplish them. Every good gift comes from God, including wisdom, understanding, creativity, ability, genius, inventiveness, and inventions of all kinds. They all come from God. They revealed to anyone who's prepared, willing, and ready to receive them. I was reading about Igor Sikorsky, who developed a helicopter. In a biographical book, he says that he had a dream that was shown every nut and bolt in the helicopter. Visions and dreams that reflect things in heaven, they have to be received and then developed right here on earth, but all come from God. The problem with us all, or all of us, is the human race, that is, since the fall, we have put God, even the idea of God, aside and taken all the credit and glory for ourselves. Psalm 14 says they are all gone aside they are all together become filthy there is none that do good no not one so God steps aside and lets us run or ruin our lives as we wish not desiring for us to destroy ourselves but allowing us to do so because we are made in his image and likeness with free will and the ability to create and produce all kinds of things, good or bad. It's a matter of whether we do our work with God's help, or we do it on our own, whether we take the glory or give the glory to God. We look about and see death, and dying, and decay, demolition, destruction, disaster, decline, disorder, all because we've taken things in our own hands and do not look to God. A fading beauty, or in a word, entropy. Now, the, the word entropy is, uh, describes all of creation as we see it 
today from the dictionary it says a lack of order or predictability gradual decline into disorder so in real life you might say it's disorder or entropy always increases with time in other words it is a form of murphy's law things always tend to go wrong that was by Stephen Hawking in his uh, brief history of time. Entropy is the uh, degradation of matter and energy in the universe to an ultimate state of uh, inner uniformity. Or it's a process of degradation or running down or a trend to disorder. The deterioration of copy and editing and proofing and uh, also a deterioration in our moral capacity in these later years. So is there any hope for mankind? The answer is yes. Put your faith in God and the Word of God. Faith in God and Jesus Christ brings a peace that passes understanding. When you put your faith in God, the fear of chaos nuclear annihilation or a third world war will not have an impact on your life. Your home is established in heaven. Earthly things have less appeal and nothing to be afraid of. It's okay to have the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's the only fear you should have. Hebrews 11, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. So I put my faith in the Word of God, the Bible, and believe that the world is created by God. There's no evidence that this sophisticated planet was part of something else. Those who claim to know better are acting on faith the same as I am. Prehistoric times means just what the Word describes, prehistory. There is no history for those prehistoric times. Every supposed fact about prehistoric times is a conjecture, someone's theory, and they put their faith into their theory, and they want you to put your faith in them. Science has proven itself wrong over and over through the centuries and the experts have gone wrong too many times for me. Brilliant Blunders is a book by Mario Livio. It looks at the incredible genius of our times, from Darwin to Einstein. They were all genius, but they all made mistakes. We call them brilliant blunders. If I told you the earth was flat, or the sun revolved around the earth, you would think I was crazy or stupid. Although, I was just reading that <laughs> there's a few people in this world that still think the Earth is flat. It's called the flat Earth theory. It's uh, hard to believe based on the evidence we have today. But, you know, people believed such things at one time because science and scientists and the people in the authority said it was. But science has changed as God allows progress, a progressive revelation to happen. So we learn more and more and we see more clearly. 
science changes because the greater revelation only leads to greater revelation and the ability to see what we never saw before, allowing us to see how little we really know and how little we, we still know. The word of God is true, remains true for thousands of years. That's good enough for me. I'd rather put my faith and trust in something that has remained true for thousands of years than to follow the most recent theory. Someone may ask me to prove there's a God. I ask you to prove there is no God. We both have a problem using our own ideas. But I've heard of thousands of testimonies of lives changed because someone put their faith in God and Jesus Christ. I have come to the conclusion based on my experience and faith built on the word of God that God exists. I have seen answered prayer, healing, deliverance, financial blessings, people set free from debt, provision of housing, automobiles, salvation for loved ones, and many more wonders, all because of Christ answering prayers. Someone may say, if your God is so great, have him do a miracle to prove it. Well, God created the heavens and the earth. That's quite a miracle. <laughs> he sustains it by his word. That's quite a miracle. The fact that we are living and breathing is a miracle. God is doing miracles every day for those who are willing to see them. Faith and reason go together well. As science looks deeper and deeper into creation, the more the scientists are astonished at the details. Many scientists are becoming God-conscious, realizing that the kind of detail they find in creation does not line up with evolving from slime. It could not evolve from a lower form. There had to be a greater mind in creation of this world. But there is a miracle that we see quite often. God's greatest miracle is the new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I've been born again, more than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. When the light of the knowledge of God is revealed in our hearts, and we become a believer in Jesus Christ, it's the greatest miracle. We are forgiven of our sins, trespasses, iniquities. Every mistake in life somehow is reconciled. Life begins again right at that moment. We get a clean slate, and as we follow the leading of the, of the Lord, we become a completely different person with a new built-in love and kindness for those around us. We reveal the Spirit of God by showing, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's a miracle for sure that we should show, this, show those things. 
For some, it's a greater miracle than others. But for everyone, it's miraculous. If you put your faith in Christ, you know what I mean. And if you've not put your faith in Christ, my hope is that you will. And then you'll see and understand and appreciate a miracle in your life and in the world around us. You know, a couple of stories. It was said that Abraham was uh, lost, at least, out of his normal territory. And it uh, there didn't seem to be anyone living there for some time. And it was a desolate place when he came upon an old deserted palace. His first thought was, well, it fell from the sky, but he knew that wasn't so. He thought it might have grown out of the earth, but he knew that wasn't so. That was impossible. There had to be an architect, a designer, a master builder in order to build such a magnificent palace. This started him thinking about God as creator, an architect, and a master builder. It comes out of Hebrews for dummies, by the way. Someone tells the story of a person who finds a watch on the beach. Do you think suddenly that the watch evolved from slime, washed up on the beach? A simple mechanical watch contains roughly 130 components. More complex watches contain hundreds of parts. The caliber 89 made by Patek Philippe contains 1,728 parts. It's probably the most complex watch ever produced. To become a watchmaker, the average time is about two to four years. Watchmaking school will teach you about 60% of the fundamental stuff you'll need as a watchmaker. And you'll need another five to ten years of on-the-job training for 35% of the stuff watchmaking school did not teach you. That's from a noble watchmaker, a knobswatchmaker.com. Just think about it. The creator... The first cause, the mastermind of the universe, laid it out, spoke it forth, and holds it together with his word and power, who reveals himself in the heavens, in creation, in nature, in beauty, in infinite details like our DNA, in morality, and because we communicate by word and the written, and the written word, he reveals himself through the spoken and written word, the Bible. Look at creation. Look at the human body, the skin, the skeleton, the muscles, and the ligaments, the organs. Look at our head with two ears, two eyes, eyebrows protruding just enough so the rain doesn't get into our eyes. Think about your ankles for a moment. They're relatively small, but carry our entire weight when we walk or run or stop or jump and many other things. Somehow, uh, someone really had to know what they were doing when they created the human body. I can't see any way the body could have come together on its own from one cell to another with the millions of cells and all of the different functions of each cell and groups of cells. I just can't see it. It doesn't happen by itself. The next story about Abraham is that his father was a craftsman who made idols and sold them. He had an idol shop. Now, you might think that would leave him idle, but it actually kept him busy. 
he wanted Abraham to learn the business, and uh, once, when he had to take a business trip, he asked Abraham to watch the store. Abraham came to the conclusion that there was a God, and that there was only one God, because more than one God creates some big problems, and would eventually tear the world apart. So he took an axe and chopped up all the idols in the shop, except the largest one. Then he put the axe in the arms of the largest idol. When his father came home and found all the idols broken, he was furious. What did you do? Abraham responded that the idols got into an argument, and the biggest one took the axe and broke all these smaller idols. So when his father said that was stupid to think that an idol could chop up the other idols, Abraham agreed said, look, if the idol can't do anything, why would someone worship the idol? So Abraham's faith in God was strengthened, and so his understanding of the one God, the creator of heaven and earth, and everything in it, below and above. And that comes out of, again, Hebrews for dummies. In the book of Genesis, God called Abraham out of his current living conditions to go into a new world. Abraham picked up, went, not knowing where it would lead him. He had great faith and was credited to him as righteousness in right standing with God. Later, Abraham saw God's power, saving Lot from a bunch of bad kings. Then he saw God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Then he saw God fulfill the promise of a son, even though he was a hundred years old and his wife, Sarah, was 90, and her womb is good as dead. Isaac was born, and faith in God was passed on to Abraham's son, Isaac. So Abraham became, so Abram became Abraham by faith in the God who spoke to him. He found that when he obeyed the word from God, and when he agreed with the word God spoke, that word spoken by God brought new life into the world, literally, the Son. He believed, as he put his trust, his life, his son's life, in the word spoken to him, and he became the father of faith. So when we believe God's word, and allow it to lead and guide our lives to live according to the word of God, we receive new life. We enter the promised land, the land where the promises of God are real and have a real effect on who we are, what we are, what we do, and what we become. We step into the same faith that Abraham had, and follow God as Abraham did. We see how he became the father of faith. Not faith in Abraham. Faith in ourselves. But faith in God. So, no, no one can, improve, can prove the existence of God. Or the non-existence of God scientifically. Just as no one can prove the creation of the world, it is all an act of faith, 
You can exercise your faith for the wrong things or the right things. A criminal plans a crime and carries it out by faith. Businesses have a five-year plan, a 10-year, 50-year plans. They put their faith in their plan and carry it out. Faith is the key to make these plans and uh, to make something happen. Faith is needed in the world to accomplish just about anything. Faith is the currency of heaven. As Christians, we put our faith in God and God's word. In Hebrews 11, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith in God allows us to see the world, the blessings, the problems, all from a different worldview, knowing that God is with us to bless us and to deliver us if we need help. Is God in the world? Yes, he is everywhere if our eyes are open to seeing him. Now, God wants to have a personal relationship with all of us and open our spiritual senses so we can see things from a heavenly perspective. God sent his son into the world to die for our sins and show us how to be born again in spirit. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if you're not seeing miracles, maybe you need to be born again. John 3, 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. That word must means must. First Peter one twenty three says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, if you'd like to see life as you've never seen it before, then you'd like a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans uh, 10, starting in verse 8, it says, But what says it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith, which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Sometimes we think we're going to get in trouble believing on Christ. But it's uh, it changes lives. It changed my life. It's changed lives that innumerable that I have seen. And uh, if we have two billion Christians in the world, then it's changed two billion lives incredibly. People who die for their faith 
in Jesus Christ. You know, a simple prayer, if you'd like to invite into Christ into your life, would be, uh, again, just, it's, it's pretty simple. Just say this with me, if you don't mind. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. And Jesus, be Lord of my life. Now, if you say that kind of prayer, and you mean it, life will become very different over time. You know, if you fall off the wagon somehow, you confess your sin as quickly as possible before you hit the ground, if you can do that, and get up and live like you never committed a sin. Because once you confess it, God's not going to hold it against you. And work on changing the way you think, because... The thought leads to actions, and actions leads to habits, and habits lead to destinies. So, Once you're on the path, you have a guide and a helper, the Holy Spirit. So Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. In other words, whatever you're doing in this world, if you become a Christian... You're going to look at it differently. Don't be conformed to the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So you say a prayer, ask Christ into your life, to be Lord of your life. He puts you on a path. Ephesians says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, there's a promise from the promised land. It's the Holy Spirit. Get yourself to a, um, a place where you can continue to learn and study the Word of God. If you can get baptized, find someone who will baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ and uh, you'll be on a better path. So if you make that confession, welcome to the family of faith and of God the Father and Jesus Christ. Start reading and meditating on scripture every day. Find a church or a congregation where they teach the Bible where love is evident and real among the congregation. You're on your way to an incredible journey that leads to a new home in heaven. You have an established home in heaven. So don't let it don't let it stop you. Is God in the world? Yes, God is in the world. We need spiritual eyes to see him. And you can have those with your confession of Christ as Lord and Savior. We uh, want to take time for a moment of prayer. Father, for those who would say that simple prayer, asking you to come in and save them from their sins, Lord, uh, look on them and bless them. We give them a, a scripture out of... Um, let's, let's go to... Uh, Let's see if I can bring this up. 
We're going to go to Second Corinthians five seventeen, and uh, well, I can't bring it up. I know what it says. If you are therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is that all things are in God, who is reconciling us to Himself? and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's trespasses against them. And he's given us the word of reconciliation. That God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of him, the righteousness of God in Christ. And so we have a new mission in life as ambassadors for Christ to go out and bring reconciliation to the world around us, not holding men's sins against them. God isn't holding their sins against them. And we need to let them know that because they don't think they can be forgiven. And the devil isn't going to let them think they're forgiven either. The devil's going to say, well, hey, you're such a sinner now, you might as well just keep going. But <laughs> our job is ambassadors for Christ. God, reaching the world through us, we beseech you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let the blood of Jesus wash away the sin and welcome you into a heavenly home, a place where love abounds so that it's touchable, some kind of love that you've never felt before. And where the promises of God direct and guide our lives. If you have a problem in finances, look for the scriptures that talk about finances. My God provides for all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. If you don't know what tithing is, well, it's it's giving. You know when uh, the great commandment, do unto others, you have them do unto you? Well, give to God's work and God will give to your work. It works the same way. What you sow is what you reap. If you have a problem with health, he sent his word to heal. By his stripes, we are healed. I called on the Lord to heal me, and he did. These are there. The promises are there. And most of us, uh, because of our ignorance and lack of the knowledge of the word of God, never see them never make them real, but they're there for us, just as God is there for us. Start with the biggest question is, God come into my life, and will he? There was a a leper that came along and said, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus said, oh, I'm willing. I'm willing for you and anyone else that comes to me. You could use that same verse and say, 
Jesus, if you're willing, you can save me. And he's going to say, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm waiting, I'm ready. Give your heart to Jesus, my friend. Father in heaven, bless those who are listening today. Let your face shine upon them. Wrap your arms around them. Let them feel the love that comes from heaven. Touch their hearts and their minds and give them a new way to think. Help them to think according to your word, according to your majesty. Help them to think of the the glorious throne of heaven itself and how in your glory you look down on us individually, which is hard to believe that the creator of the universe would look at me and love me, Lord, and help me in receiving that love to pass it on throughout this radio program. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You guys going to receive communion? Great message. We're going to have communion in just a minute. Uh, Brother John, what would you like to call this for the broadcast archives today? Uh, God and the world, my inescapable conclusion. God and the world? God in the world. Oh, God in the world, my inescapable conclusion. Conclusion. Excellent. Brother Joseph, over to you. Well, amen. Um, We thank the Lord, Brother John, for um, another um, outstanding um, message um, that brings hope because there's no hope in the world. And um, people have no excuse. Um, God doesn't believe in atheism. (laughs) People have put, God put in everybody's heart uh, that there's a God. Just open up your eyes and look at creation and you know there's a God. But with what's going on uh, in the world, uh, as it's getting worse and worse in the United States of America, where um, people have lost their minds, who are in high places making laws that are anti-God, anti-Christ, um, they're double-minded, and they have no idea um, that they are... Um, bringing America down um, and also in the world Uh, but we thank God that through these situations and circumstances that are happening uh, people are now turning um, to to try to seek the Lord even over in Israel and over in the Middle East with the conflicts that are going on God is bringing dreams and visions to Muslims and Jews. And I even read where there's secular Jews that um, in Israel that could care less about religion. Um, now now they're turning and wanting to know about God um, because of what's going on. So uh, easy answer, and thank you, Brother John, for um, just... Uh, sharing uh, some great examples uh, to let people know that there's a God in heaven that loves them. He died on the cross for their sins. He rose from the dead um, um, after three days of being in hell, preaching to the spirits, and went to heaven, raptured to heaven, and sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost to give believers the strength and the power to withstand the attack of the enemy. Amen.
So, Brother Shannon, let us uh, let's do communion. Okay, friends, uh, communion is where we honor the Lord Jesus Christ for His sacrifice for you and I. And communion is where we meet with Him at the Lord's table. And you don't want to meet the Lord unprepared. Either today if you're going to take communion or when the Spirit leaves your body and you die. Because then it's too late to get prepared. We go as we are. And so you want to be ready to meet Jesus at all times. And communion really is a dress rehearsal for the time we meet the Lord. When He calls us home or catches us up at the last trump, whichever comes first. And you don't want to meet Him with sin. That's why we want to repent of our sin want to forgive others, we want to be ready to meet Jesus. Our garments white, washed in the blood of Jesus. So it says uh, in Luke 22, verse 19 through 20, And Jesus took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. That's what the bread or the matzo or the cracker represents in communion when you eat it. His body broken for you and I. Again, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying this cup is a new testament in my blood which is shed for you. So when we drink the juice or the wine, that represents drinking the blood of Jesus, eating his flesh, drinking his blood. And when you come to the Lord's table, be prepared. If you're not prepared, meaning you have not repented of your sin or you're living in willful sin, do not come to the table. Because you'll be judged there. Some have died. Thinking, oh, I can take communion and keep sinning. You can't. Just as like you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, nor will I, if we die in our sins. We're kidding ourselves. whole list of sins that you and I will not see heaven if we continue in fornication, adultery, homosexuality. There's a whole list. Drunkenness is first on, uh, one of the first on the list. Cowardice. So we need to repent. Take communion often because it's a check ride before you take that final ride. You do a check ride as you're getting into a plane. Make sure it's airworthy and ready to go. When you take communion, some people do it daily. It's recommended. You're doing a check ride to see if I died tonight, would I be ready to meet Jesus? And if you say, I'm not ready, then you need to get ready because you could die tonight. It'll be too late. So take communion often. And if you do it the right way, there's a blessing that awaits you at the Lord's table. Praise the Lord. Just as when we step off into eternity, there's a blessing and eternal reward waiting. So there it is. Uh, We invite all Christians tonight who have made a decision for Jesus Christ, serve Him, to take communion who are ready. Brother Joseph, over to you. Amen. Um, when, When we drink the cup, the blood... Um, we say here on um, Omega Man Radio, New Hope in the Lord, hail to my King Jesus three times in, in honor of the, the Trinity. And once we say hail to our King Jesus, those that are taking communion worldwide. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Cholom Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who commands us to eat bread from the earth. Father God, we thank you for your broken body, Lord, in Jesus' name, so that our bodies can be whole, Father. 
We thank you, Lord God. You said in your word, by your stripes we are healed. That, Father God, you bore sicknesses and diseases upon your body. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you said healing is the children's bread. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You healed, Father, in the Old Testament, Lord God, when the blood was sacrificed by uh, animals, Lord God, each year. How much more, Father God, uh, is the healing virtue of Calvary, Father, because of your son dying and his blood shed in the New Testament, Father. So, Lord God, I just speak forth healing in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And to anybody's body right now that is sick, known or unknown sickness, <clears throat> command it in Jesus' name <clears throat> Excuse me, to be healed, to be whole, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake with the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ for his glory. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech olam. <clears throat> Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who commands us to drink fruit from the vine. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to our King Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's power in your blood, healing in your blood, deliverance in your blood, faith in your blood, hope in your blood, peace in your blood, joy in your blood, love in your blood, mercy in your blood, and great grace in your blood. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. We thank you we're white as snow because of your blood. Father, your word says that you threw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Remember them no more as far as the east is from the west. We thank you, Father God, that the blackboard, Father God, of our sins from Maine to California have been forgiven and erased, not by an eraser, but by your precious blood being shed at Calvary in your broken body. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, as we take communion, you're building up our immune system, Father. I thank you, Lord God, Zechariah 2.5 says you're a wall of fire around us. So I speak forth protection upon us, Father, from any coronavirus, from any influenza, any flu, or any other sickness or disease that the devil would try to throw at us or our family. We plead the blood of Jesus over us, Father God. We thank you for keeping us healthy and strong. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, Jesus the Christ, the Holy One of Israel, the one who was and is and is to come, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world forever and ever and ever. Amen. Let's partake with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ for his glory. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Joseph and Brother John, thank you for coming on tonight. How can people contact you, gentlemen? Well, you can get me through Joe's website, I think. Amen. Um, well, praise God. Uh, uh, I have a YouTube channel, and you can go to YouTube, and you can see both of these gentlemen 
their faces, what they look like. Hello, Brother Shannon. He's lost some more weight, so we'll have to do another show oh, yes. with you. But <laughs> just go on YouTube and put Shannon Davis forward slash New Hope in the Lord. And you can see Brother Shannon and hear his testimony. And also John's on my YouTube channel. And I put in John Cassandra, C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A. You can see John. You can hear his testimony also. And when you go on, please subscribe. I appreciate that. I have a, a website, uh, newhopeinthelord.com. There's a lot of good things to read uh, on, on the um, website, a lot of good information. <clears throat> and um, well, we thank you for all those that are supporting our ministry. We, we help a lot of people uh, that are hurting. And um, we thank you for your your offering. You could um, send a uh, offering through PayPal. It's paypal.me forward slash Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, 727. Or you can use Zelle and just send it to rev.joseph at aol.com. Amen. Gentlemen, love and appreciate you both. I'll get you a copy of this here shortly, and uh, we will okay. see you again very soon. Good to have you back, Brother Thank John. Good, good to talk to you, John. Thanks. Okay, love you. Okay. Love you all, too. Thanks, John. Thank okay, you. God bless. God bless. Folks, praise the Lord. We've got um, a couple more shows coming up, three more to go. Welcome back to Ameriton. We did an early bird show this morning at 9 a.m. Central. That was 10 a.m. Eastern, rather. We had uh, Rick Bell. That's already in the archives. Also, I've just uploaded for you four new reloaded broadcasts. So, every day, look for live programs Monday through Friday. And, stand by. Stand by. 